Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone. It is the Red Men podcast. We are here. We're going to be discussing a whole bunch of different things. Uh, least of all, obviously, Liverpool's massive sort of games looming on the horizon. We've got Arsenal. And we mute. You've got it open on your laptop. Mute it. It's there. Chris has decided to play as it is. Fucking sorted out. Um, it's not. If you got oh, the, I know. You got the no, show no, open on YouTube. It up. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Fantastic. Brilliant. Um, I can't imagine how annoying it is for you guys listening to my voice. I now get it. Um, yes. Anyway, I'm Paul Major. Chris Page. Jack joins me in the studio. I'm back, baby. Yeah. Um, he's back. Fucking shit, bro. Stay whore. Is, uh, is back as well. Sam Walker's back. Um, yeah, we've got a whole bunch of things we're going to get through today on the show. Um, thank you so much for joining us. If you're live and you've got anything you want to discuss with us, let us know in the comments and what have you. Um, yeah, before we dive in, we've got some sad news. Um, uh, uh, Claude, who's obviously known for his time on Arsenal Fan TV, uh, has sadly passed away. Um, obviously not someone who we saw on a, on a regular basis, but we've, we've both worked with him on a number of occasions. Just obviously thoughts and feelings go to his, his family. Obviously, we don't know the circumstances around it. Um, they've asked to leave his family alone to, to, to grieve and what have you in this time, which obviously everyone should do. But yeah, I I, I never had any. With those, yeah, like, he was, he was always sound, and like I remember I remember speaking to him and like have a proper footy conversation with him, and like there was no like this banterous one-upmanship or anything from it. It was just a conversation about football every time I spoke to him. So yeah, yeah, a little bit gutted about that. So yeah, as as Paul said there. Thoughts go out to it, him and his, his family. Yeah, it's mad for someone who's known as like you know because he's famous for his sort of rants and what have you. But like that was that was that, and I never had any sense of him being anything less than a than a than a lovely man. He was always great with me, and he was he always had a kind word and a smile and what have you. So yeah, um, not shit. And uh, yeah, uh, anyway, it is what it is. Um, right, yes, we've got um, a whole bunch of things to talk about. We're going to be talking about. Uh, so Bahamut Salah's done an interview with Marker. It's doubtless going to live all kinds of people's heads fallen off left, right and centre um, we're going to be talking about that because I don't think it's quite as big a deal as, as will be reported uh, we're going to be talking about Ibrahim Kanate. we're going to be talking about how the next five games define Liverpool's season uh, but first we've got a kickoff question and it comes from Horrible Grandma on Twitter um, <laughs> um, who says uh, when have you ever been jealous of another fan base um, and a good example of this he says for me it was Carlisle when Jimmy Glass scored the goal that kept them up got any examples Chris? Yeah it was when Manchester United won the treble in 1999 Okay. I mean for a start they just won the treble the way in which they won it as well it was probably the greatest European Cup fan ever at that point um, since it's been usurped, of yeah, course. absolutely. Um, but yeah, massively, massively jealous then. Like, that, yeah, that team was brilliant as well, and we were nowhere near them. So I think that added into it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Steve, yeah, probably topical as well, given the news in recent days. But I mean, the Man City fans when Aguero scored the, the Aguero goal, like that—that's yeah. one that. Listen, winning the title last any time you can win a title is amazing, and having to go through that would be horrendous. But on the other side of it. I bet you every single City fan who was in that stadium just wouldn't rather have had it any other way. You know, yeah. in that, that 90 minutes game, they either wanted to be Crystal Palace, they either wanted to be QPR 7 0 and have it done. But now they know the outcome, I imagine, just being in that ground when he scored that goal must have just been as experienced as goal. Like I've seen Liverpool score big goals to win big trophies before, but to have that goal to win that trophy must have just been out of this world. It must have been amazing. 
I, I agree with that one. You're right, it's topical because of the Aguero stuff. But you're right, that moment and the fact that you're stealing the title away from Man United, the last game, I remember I was watching that and like, we celebrate, me and my dad celebrated that goal. It's mad because it's a football moment that you get swept up in. It's mad to sort of say that now because the rivalry with Liverpool and City's kind of grown over the years. But yeah, what a what a what an amazing, amazing moment that was. Um, Sam? Yeah, do you, know, do you know, initially straight away, I'm, I was with State Aguero all day, I think, especially for us being Liverpool fans and, and what's just happened to us winning the league. Wait all this time and it's done at a cancer and we don't get to see it in the stadium. So that sort of brings it to the floor even more. But another one, just to try and be a little bit different, is um, in my DJing days, I was in Ibiza when, um, when Spain won the World Cup and it was class. And I remember thinking, I'm never going to get this feeling because even if England win it, I will never feel the way you do right now. So I suppose <laughs> a different a different kind of envy, but you know, in the same sort of context as well. Like you know, it was it was good to see. I can imagine that would be a, that's a belter one actually, Sam. There's another one that when when you and Steve were talking about the Aguero one, because I remember watching the game and stuff like that. Is the the Blackburn Liverpool game and the fact that Kenny goes and wins the league title and yet Liverpool still winning. But then you you sort of thinking at the time, aren't you? Oh, he should be with us type of things. So you're jealous for the manager, the man, and and also the fact that they've won a league title as well. So that's up there for me. Yeah, I was I was so lost in. Ah, we've we, we've we managed to win a game of football, and United didn't win the league in one game. I mean, it shows how far we'd fallen, really. That that's what it was. But no, you de- you definitely. I, I I wonder whether there's for me there's like a moment and one that stands in mind. There'll be better examples of it than this, but like playoff wins. So or or like you know like does that or playoff goals? I think about the promotion goal. I think it was. Oh my God, um, Troy Deeney for Watford, the one where it's it's down one end and then all of a sudden it's, the ball ends up, it goes all the way down the other end of the pitch and they stick it and you see those moments. They're never, they're never quite rated in the same way, you know, we've got European Cup wins and, and league wins and all that. But that, 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 having that extra game, playoff finals and going through it all and then you drag yourself through like a, a cup competition to get to Wembley. You know, I always think it's mad that it's better to, it must feel a hundred times better to win the playoffs when you could have finished like fifth or whatever than finishing second in the league. You get a trophy, you get to have a, a day out at Wembley, you get all those things. So yeah, uh, definitely, definitely those kind of things. Although I would never want to be in that situation. Mm. It's kind of cool because it's a situation I hope that we're never in. Um, so yeah, there's definitely there's definitely some footage just great, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant. Um Right, okay, yes, we're going to be talking about the Salah Market interview, we're going to be talking about Ibrahim Akanate and uh, the next five games uh, when we return for a very short break, but we have got an exclusive interview with Jamie Carragher uh, previewing the Champions League and it's available now on the RedmenTV.com. That's I mean, and it keeps, you know, we're in the international break, so you've got those couple of weeks now you can dream or look forward to a game and if you get through the, the courts, then the semis to come and it's like, you know, it just... I, I still I don't believe right now, and I don't think many Liverpool fans believe they'll win the European Cup this year. But I think if we get through this round, I think we will then. Because I think when, once you're in the semi, and it takes me back to 05, where we didn't believe before we played Juventus. But once you beat Juventus, even though we had Chelsea in the semi, it's a bit like, there's only, it's only two games. It's like a semi, then a final. You know, anything can happen. So I think if Liverpool get through this round, I think that's when the belief will really kick in that someone big will have gone out from the other side of the draw. There might have been an upset with uh, City Dortmund. Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yes, welcome back. Yeah, we got the chance to sit down with Liverpool legend Jamie Carragher and talk about the Champions League, the hopes, the other teams in the other side of the draw, etc., who he thinks will make it to the final and what Liverpool's chances are. That is streaming now on TheRevenTV.com, as well as a whole host of wonderful exclusive content. We've got a load of Champions League documentaries as well. Uh, so if you want to relive some of our successes, and actually the, the Kiev one's interesting to be able to go back and kind of look at that one again and some of the great moments on the way, even though it didn't end well, because we know that ultimately it, you know, it ended well. Um, so yeah, go and check them out they're all on the on the revmtv.com right now uh, there's also a show we're going to be talking uh, about Canate in a minute but the, the Reds News Roundup show is going out it's been recorded tomorrow uh, where a little bit more of in-depth look at that and we're doing their uh, ratings for the players uh, in the Liverpool squad so far yeah there's been two of those and the third part is coming out this week um, right Salah spoken to Marker we were given this information moments before going on air Chris by Sai who came in and went and, and I'm going to give exactly how he said it. That Salah has been talking about moving to Real Madrid again. He's basically said he's gone. He's basically said he's gone. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, um, it's not quite how the interview went, um, but undoubtedly we're going to see a wave of that. Like I typed in Salah Marker on Google, and it's sort of like uh, Salah gives a cold answer about his relationship with Jurgen Klopp and blah 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 blah. What it is, is a basic 15 questions asking him about Real Madrid, and then they sneak in a couple of questions about his future at Liverpool, and without having, actually, I didn't see the actual interview, so tone's going to be massive in this, he just plays a very political, like, I'm not I'm not giving anything away, not answering anything, and he, he says nothing, but in saying nothing, if you choose to read something, it looks like he says everything. Yeah, because there are things in there, in, in the earlier part of the interview, that you can take whichever way you want, you know, he spoke about it in the internet, in, in glowing terms, he spoke about how he was a hero, I mean, you went, yeah, same. A bit of an idol for us as well, to be honest with you. So I'm not surprised. Plus, he's a manager that's been really successful with Real Madrid and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It comes down to the last two questions, and, and and I don't know whether you want to pull these up on the screen or whether we've got that ability. We haven't got that, but no. The, the questions are, do you see yourself in another club after four years in Liverpool? Is this the end of a cycle approaching? To which the answer is, it is not up to me. We'll see what happens, but I prefer not to talk about this now. I think you can take that both ways. I very much look at that and go, right, that's his, that's his bowler underarm. I'm just going to knock that away dead easily. Yeah, I'm not going to be drawn into in a, in a, a relaxed interview about a Champions League game. I'm not going to be talking about yeah. my future. And then the second one is, you've played in Italy and England. You want to try Spanish soccer? I mean, for a start, soccer. Anyway, well, mine says Spanish football. I don't know what your Google translates that to. Well, it's it must be fucking American because it's shite. Anyway, I hope I can play football for many, many years. Why not? Nobody knows what will happen in the future, so maybe one day. And that's him saying, "I'm not going to shut the door on anything right now." But then, you know, it's not up to me. I've got a long career ahead of me. But what I liked about the interview is how much he's just. I mean, because he gets asked about the Olympics, that's going to be a hot topic for him. He just says, "I says, are you going to play in the Olympics? Whatever happens, everyone be in agreement, including my club." just saying again there's things clearly this is not this doesn't feel to me like Salah going off script this doesn't feel like you know when Raheem Sterling's gone out and done a couple of a couple of little dodgy ones and you're like oh that feels a little bit on the nose Um, but but the problem is Steve is that because he had that previous interview which I think people really you know kind of again once again kind of overly read into it feels like these two are connected so inevitably if you're looking for dots to join there's probably there's enough there for you to draw a nice little picture if you're really so inclined. Yeah, and also like, is anyone shocked that Mo Salah might want to play for Real Madrid one day? Mo Salah probably wants to play for Real Madrid one day. Like mm-hmm. every other footballer on the planet probably wants to play for Real Madrid one day. It just that is what it is. Liverpool's job is to make it so that he doesn't join Real Madrid. So we keep winning things, keep paying him very very handsomely. And it doesn't. I mean, every player at some point has probably had a little thought. You know what? I'd love to go and play in a full burn about in that white kit for that team. So it, it, it doesn't shock me at all. And again, like especially players from abroad, some, sometimes it might be different. But like you know, Gareth Bale was an absolute superstar at Tottenham. The first chance he got to go to Real Madrid, he was gone. You know, yeah. And that's because Tottenham couldn't match his ambitions. Liverpool's job is to make it so that he doesn't have to go to Real Madrid. Um, I think it, I think the way the interview was conducted, and I've read pretty much all of it, is that they just snuck a couple of questions at the bottom, and he's kind of just tried to back them away as best he can. Like he's not bothered. Do you want to yeah. play in Spain one day? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Do you want to talk about your future? No, I'm not talking about my future. But sometimes when you refuse to say something, people take it as if you're hiding something. It might genuinely be the fella just didn't want to talk about it. Like, yeah. It doesn't mean... Like, it might, it might but, have been that he, he knows what happened last time and he's just playing it extra cautious this time so that it doesn't happen. And what happens when you play it extra cautious, as Steve says, is you end up in another well, let's, thing. Well, let's play it extra, extra cautious. His is, is, is other approach to this is going... I'm not answering any questions about my future. Fucking hell. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if you could, you know, like that, you couldn't be any more equivocal and shutting that down. And yet, how much worse does that actually sound? What's he hiding? Why won't, you know what I mean? Oh, is that, does that mean that he, you know, he's trying to blah, 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 blah. I mean, this is where he's at, Sam. When you're someone like Mo Salah and you're on that sort of level, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah, there's also another layer to this that we probably haven't considered yet is that. He's coming up 29 and he's got two years left on his contract. I can't see can't see Liverpool allowing that to, to sort of drip on into this time next year because we're in big mm-hmm. shit then for multiple reasons. So Salah probably, even if he wants to stay at Liverpool, he can't really come out and say, I want to stay at Liverpool because he might know that the club are really only offering him 30 grand less than he's on now. Are we really going to pay him 250, 40 grand, which is the next step really from what he's on at the moment? So he's probably in a bit of a predicament at the moment as well as the club are because 
even if he wants to go to Real Madrid, how much is Michael Edwards going to pull the pants down for this time? Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, 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 I don't really, it's a tricky one. And I can see a little bit of truth in Salah's tone in that, to be honest, I don't know where I am with it because speak to Liverpool, they hold all the cards, which is probably right. There's another thing, isn't there? I think another part of this interview, and I'll read the question, how is your relationship with Klopp? Do you talk a lot? And he said, it is a normal relationship between two professionals. It's how I can explain it. That comes across, you know, whatever tone you try and put on that, I can't imagine that that's going to come across quite cold mm. and that the relationship is quite cold. Now, I don't know anything about their relationship, but I guess that for most people in our squad, the relationship is quite a warm relationship and stuff like that. So that there, I think there might be something to read into Everyone's that. Everyone's expecting it Gerard and Benitez had a cold relationship you know, for the most part, didn't they? And look at what they achieved together. So yeah. it, sometimes that works and sometimes it's just man management, how you're managing a player because that might be the way that you think you look at him and go, that's what he needs. Yeah, no, it's true, isn't it? That's, you're right, you know, I think that's, that's, the, one that, that's the one that's a bit like, oh, that's a bit odd. But again, you know, I, I can phrase this one way, any, any way you want to look at it. It's that thing of, if, if you feel like the, it's a leading question, like someone's got, almost like, if you feel there's an undercurrent of, is there a problem between you and the manager? You'd be like, no, it's fine. You know what I mean? But I agree that because we we love Jürgen and we expect everyone to be effusive, it feels odd, it feels odd. But again, I'm reading the words on a on a page that has been translated. I mean, literally, we're looking. Are you looking at the same? Are you looking at the Marco website? Mm -hmm. We're both looking at the same website, and it's been translated differently. What's the show say? Well, no, I mean, like in terms of the, the oh. phrasing and the wording on stuff. Like you, yours are saying things like soccer. You've got extra words in yours that might aren't in mine. <laughs> no, but this is the point. You know, this is what I'm talking about. We are literally, we we are both looking at the same web page and getting different a different so results and stuff. Yeah, and then we'll join up in the middle, <laughs> and then it'll be completely wrong because we've we've, we've said he loved Jürgen. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's mad. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you're doubtless going to see a lot of that in the coming days in the build-up to the Real Madrid game because there'll be there'll be fires to stoke and Real Madrid are the masters of the dark arts and all this and anything they can do to upset and, and, and unsettle Salah and all that, they'll be doing everything, even if it is stupid things like going through the press and whatever. Have so you got no. the Nelly Furtado advert? Have I got Nelly Saying what happened to Nelly Furtado and now I really want to know. It's oh. like something bad happened to her or... Que paso con Nelly Furtado. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. From El Mundo. Yeah, should we click it? Nope, absolutely right. not. Come on, we well, can tell everyone in killed, the comments if you want me to. You've if you killed one know. laptop today. Can we not kill another one? Yeah, definitely. Um, right, sounds. Um, I really want to know, Paul. Yeah. Um, right, okay, we've had a couple of super chats where we, before we move on to the Canate stuff. Uh, uh, Ahmed Mohammed saying, just have one question, sporting director for RB Leipzig say Canate to LFC a no-go. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and then the joke about Carragher. Um, the, um, the, yeah, the sporting director for RB Leipzig, which I was going to point out, uh, was Marcus Krotcher. Uh, as basically said, he's an extremely important player for the Bundesliga side and he can't see it being, being a goer. Um, Steve, the, the the Leipzig and the and the Red Bull Sporting Group, they're not stupid. We had a lot of this with the Cater stuff, if you recall, where they're not going to come out and say everything's done and dusted because it it, it means that they're not going to have other suitors and they'll know that there'll be three or four other clubs who'll be very interested in picking up Canate if possible. So it actually doesn't favour them in any way to sell a player where you know if it's not done, there's no need for them to say it's done. Yeah, on the flip side, he's got a release clause, so it isn't really up to them. That's the that's the flip side. <laughs> but he doesn't have to. That, that's the thing. He hasn't said there's no release clause because that would be lying. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so what he's saying is he's just making it more difficult because you're not supposed to know the fucking release clause. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? So he's come out and he's doing the right thing from a sporting director point of view, isn't he? Steve? Yeah, exactly. He's just looking after, and also he's, they've got a season to play. You know, they, their other centre half's already signed for Bayern Munich. The last thing he needs is to have another one who's already signed for Liverpool. It's just PR wise, it's not amazing, but yeah, he's got he hasn't got any say in the matter. If Liverpool want this guy. And pay the release clause like they did with Naby Keita. They're gonna get him. It, it, it's the it's the structure of deals and it's all this kind of stuff that that is different. But if ultimately he can't stop the guy leaving, if he little want him, match his clause and give him all he wants, he's gonna leave. Um, I would tend to believe that that's more down the line than he's letting on. But like I say, it isn't in his best interest to say, oh yeah, he's off. He's he's, he's off. You know, selling him yeah. makes no sense. 
and again when it's when it's just simply not when it's not done you know that's 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 fine and it look it, it, it means he gets to to talk up the player and I'm sure they'll want to they'll want to keep him you know there's no way you want to be you don't want to let your two two of your best centre halves go in one in one season but don't you think it's quite clever what that Leipzig do they don't set these ridiculous release clauses like around Madrid different different boats altogether. But they set it at the top end of what you should probably be expecting to pay these lads. It's like a buy it now price, isn't that, it? Yeah, that's it. That's all it is. That's what yeah. I want to say. Yeah. They, they get to it and, and he goes, no, I don't want to sell him. Well, we're going to have to hit the release clause then. Yeah. You're guaranteeing your minimum price. Yeah. All the, and like to do it time and time again and no one goes, fuck, he's actually well, probably only worth five million less than that, but they don't want to sell him. So I'm just going to pay the release clause. And they sit there and go... We're not stupid. This is the price that we decided yeah. that we wanted. To, we would be okay for selling them. Like we bought them in as a seventeen-year-old from FC Sosho, and four or five years later, we're getting nearly forty million euros for them. It's very smart what they do. Yeah, absolutely. The, the flip side as well, mate, is that with all due respect, players aren't like we mentioned Real Madrid before. Players aren't dreaming of going to RB Leipzig. They're just you know, it's, yeah. it's just a different project. So if you get a player to go right, come to us, and we will sell you in the future. And even if you're amazing, you're going to have this release clause. For example, Timo Werner was probably worth more than Chelsea got for him. But mm-hmm. Sorry, paid for him. Well, in the theory, he hasn't turned out that way yet, but in theory at the time he was. But he would never have gone there in the first place if there was a... If, because he gets to a level where he's so good and he prices himself out of leaving RB Leipzig. He's kind of stuck at RB Leipzig, whereas if he goes as a 21-year-old kid or 17-year-old kid in this case, right, come to us. And if you get to a level where you think you can get to, someone can have you for 50 million quid. And as, as his agent, you're like, absolutely fine, because we'll go, we'll develop, and then we can move you to a good team. If if you just sign there with none of these break clauses, you can almost find yourself trapped. At a, like, Wilfred Zaha's found himself trapped at Crystal Palace. He's priced himself out of a move because they can't sell him for anything less than what he's worth. But then no one knows going to stumble up 100 million for Wilfred Zaha. It's just never going to happen. So he's kind of stuck. That's why these play, Leipzig play really clever. Their recruitment's really, really smart. And Well, like, they, they want to sell players. They, they, it's, they, they, it's like there's no like embarrassment to it. There's a bit we have this with Liverpool when they go like, "Oh, Liverpool are sell to buy." Like, like, like it's like it's a horrendous day. There's it's about called... two clubs and three clubs in the world that aren't. Yeah, everyone yeah. else is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's it. There's not a day being a self-sustainable business is not like is not a, a mucky concept. You know what I mean? It's 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 fine. They just don't they, they because it's quite cynical and it is. It, we see the structure of their business and all that. It's the transparency's there, and I you know I'm not saying I would enjoy that. I wouldn't like Liverpool to be you know in a, a lower down of a rung and accept their position in the in the in the food chain. But you know that's you where they are. You have to get to right the now. higher rung, and, and they're only going to be able to do that by the, the way that they're doing it now is getting good players in. And I tell you what, you know, Steve said there, you know, the, the players don't dream of going to have They should do because as a percentage yeah. you've got a better chance of getting to a fucking massive club yeah. if you go and play for a club like them yeah. who put contracts in place like that yeah. because every like all of them look like there's just so many that move on to bigger and better things from that club it's much better going there than Crystal Palace yeah because you you're pretty much stuck there forever, aren't you? The filters there is amazing. It was mentioned that you know the, I think it was in the Athletic article about him that there was no chance he was going to Salzburg because they just felt he was good enough to go straight to straight to Leipzig. But they've got that that line of progression, and you know that we look, I mean look at Minamino as an example. Like yeah, we 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 got him on a very very low low fee, but that's you know there's just there's just levels they've got. A, it's just very very smart run business, aren't they? Yeah, very very much so. Um, but on the on this uh, Canati stuff, Sam, where do you where do you stand on this? You know, twenty one, going to be twenty two soon. He's six for four. He's obviously very very highly rated around Europe. There's been he's had a, a, a he had a horrendous injury that kept him out for the, for the, most of last season and the start of this season, which I think is raising a couple of red flags. But go on, what's your what's your take on him? Yeah, I, I was going to mention that actually, but I, I've subsequently read that. Um, really, he's only had three injuries in the last three seasons, but one of them being such a long time and the sort of hampers that he had within that makes it look a lot worse when you actually look at it with some context attached to it. It's a little bit like Joe Gomez in that, you know, his injuries are all... He's not a niggly injury type player, do you know what I mean? He's had a big injury and you just got to hope that he gets the luck moving forward. But in terms of profile, it's spot on, was it? 35 million quid, depending on who you believe. Um, young player, loads of potential, very fast, so would suit our high line. He's got experience in playing at the top end of the of the league now. Just to slightly reverse a little bit there into your previous concept, this guy's competing for the league title this year, and it's not the first time. This is the third year in a run they've been in the title race. In fact, I would say he blew it last year. 
So, so we're not talking about a player now who's playing for you know your Stuttgart's or your Wolfsburg, you know, lower down the league or, or usually lower down. We're talking about a player who's competed for the title and played the Champions League. So he ticks all the boxes for me. Um, perfect sort of you know role model with Van Dijk being there, and he's got peers in Joe Gomez. And depending on how if we keep Matip or not, I think it's a spot on sign and absolutely perfect. And you know, fingers crossed, he get it over the line. It, the, the interesting thing here, because we've seen loads of like conflicting reports on this, so David Ornstein's the one who's saying Liverpool are close to finalising the deal. Then the echoes say it's no, it's not nowhere near that that close, but he is on a five man shortlist. And then of course you've got Leipzig coming out and saying there's not, you know, there's, there's no go on it. Then you've got people saying, I mean, Chris Williams was saying the ideal world for Liverpool is that they keep Kabak and sign Canate. Then you've got the echo saying it's going to be one or the other. Um, I mean. I think it helps Liverpool in some way to kind of obfuscate the situation so people don't quite know exactly what you're doing, even in a world where people have got a broad idea. Where do you stand on this, this the, on the, the Kabak thing, Chris? Because I, when I heard it was both, I was like, spot on, because I think Liverpool needs to buy two centre-halves this summer. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But if it's one or... Well, I, I think the, if it's one or the other, they won't make a decision until they've seen the cabac for the rest of the season. And I expect that if it's both, I think they might make a decision on Ibrahima earlier mm-hmm. because I think they're going to judge. Why would you make a decision on Kabak now? He's had like a handful of starts for us. Like you've got so much time there to just evaluate, see how much he improves, see if he can play in the system that you want. You'd just be rushing into it for no reason. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think I think Liverpool will probably need to. I think, you know, I, in an ideal world, I think Matip's still probably the top top partner for Virgil van Dijk, but you can't trust him injury-wise. Because he is a niggling yeah, injury. He, kind of it, it's all the time. So then you need to... to Four, four others, in my opinion. I think you need to go into next season with five to make sure that this type of stuff doesn't happen again. You've got Nat Phillips for next season anyway because I think his contract runs out at the end of next year. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely saying Kabak and understudy Virgil van Dijk if you need him to, or Joe Gomez, whatever. Joe Gomez and, and, and Ibrahima can, can sort the right-hand side out. And if Matip's fit and available, he goes in and knocks everybody out the way mm-hmm. for three games at a time. Um, but that's, that's it. What I don't like about all of this is... This, like, and I do this as well, but like, we all read so much about footy players. You've almost made a decision on whether the player is going to make it at Liverpool yeah. before you've even seen him put on a red shirt. Does that not infuriate you? Yeah, I mean, like, this this whole is injury prone, so it's why we sign an injury prone player when I, I think that's, that's over, overstating the thing. You've also got these people who've become like, you, everyone's got an uncle or a, or a dad or an old fella who immediately writes players off. Speaking of which, Steve Hoare. Um, <laughs> I decided that Ozan Kabak is just not good enough to play for Liverpool on like five games worth of evidence. So I, I, tr- I trust you fall into the camp of you've just decided Liverpool don't need to bother picking him up in the summer and just go for someone else. Yeah, my issue mainly with the Kabak thing was that Liverpool were desperate for a centre-half and they went and got a lad in who was really raw and didn't really suit. It made no sense to be that low. And if, the, if the plan was bring a lad in who was like Kabak, 
and he's going to sit to be fourth choice, and then you're going to sign him and bring. The fact is, Liverpool were desperate, and I just don't think he he was he's ready. He was ready to just go in and bang be Liverpool's first choice centre back. I think he's too slow. Is the main thing I've got the issue I've got with him. Like we can't play a high line with him. I don't think. I don't think he's he's that fast. That and I don't know if that if that's ever going to change. Like he just looks really slow, and it's kind of you mentioned that Phillips there before, Chris and. I wouldn't be shot at Liverpool sold Now Phillips in the summer on the back of what he's doing now. So what, if he's going to be fifth or sixth choice, you might as well make a few million quid off the lap before you lose him for nothing. And he might go and get a game for you. No, he, he was nearly in the championship on lower anyway. A champion, a lower Premier League team might want him or a championship team. But my, I, if, if you said to me, Kabak's Liverpool's fifth choice centre-half, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Because you're not really going to get it. If that's what it is. I don't think he's good enough to be the first choice, and that's my problem with him now. He's a, he's a young kid. That's what he's twenty. He might be amazing, but he's not there yet. So, but then Ibrahim is in a similar boat. He's a, he's a young lad as well. Um, the issue we've got. Would you I'm, pay? Sorry, Stacey, Just just for the sake of argument on this one, because let's because I think because you're right. I think we're judging Kabach like he's like he is that like he. I mean, because he is at the moment because we've got no other players to be that. But like, if you look at him, like the profile of what Curtis Jones is, and Curtis Jones has played too much football this season. But if he's aware, if it's a world where he's playing fifteen and fifteen games a season plus bits and pieces, if and when you need him, is that a situation where you're not, you 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 you're fine with him? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I'll be honest. I think Matip's kind of the exception because I think our centre backs need pace. I think it's hard to really pull centre half without pace. Now, now Matip does it well, he, but he has got a bit of recovery pace about him. To be fair, yeah. He looks, but he's raw. It might not be pace. It might be that he just doesn't anticipate quick enough so that he looks. Well, there's a great like foot race between him and Timo Werner, isn't there, in the Chelsea game? And he, and it, you know, he doesn't. We don't keep it out in the end, but he he matches Timo Werner. I mean, we, we remember doing the commentary on that case and being a bit like, oh wow. I mean, you literally celebrate, like celebrated as a track and back because it was. He did it, but also I'd go back to the Leicester game and he just looked like he was running in. Yeah, in look, listen. I think it helps to be fast when you're playing a high line. Of course, it's going to help, and Steve's right there. But Steve's also sort of alluding to the fact that experience and a bit of game now will will change things. When we're talking pace between centre-halves, right, we're not talking me versus Usain Bolt here. Mm. They're all of a pretty similar level. Yeah, They, they really are. And centre-backs quite often get recorded as faster than forwards over the course of a season yeah. because they're just as fast as the forwards and stuff you like that. You just don't see it. You just don't see it yeah, as often and stuff. But they always get recorded there or thereabouts. I think Johnny Evans was fastest in the league a few years ago and you know you'd never think that to look at him. But... It comes down to like, like if you're doing 100 metres, the start's just as important as everything else. Mm-hmm. If you've got a one metre head start on a lad, you're probably going to get there first. If you've anticipated that ball over the top first, you're going to get there first. That's as much a part of it as being fast. That will take time because Kabak didn't play in a high line defence. Yeah. And it's so it's new to him. So it's going to take a little bit of time. And that's why I said at the start of this, you want to evaluate Kabak over the time that you've got, not off the first five games because he, wo- he shouldn't be the player on the last game of the season if he plays every week than he was when you signed him. Can we just put I mean, based based on what we've seen from Ben Davies, Sam, there's actually there is a chance that Kabach has was we've done this Kabach deal just because we needed a body and the only way for us to get this body in, this is a really cynical view of this by the way, is that that is that to almost make out like we are buying him. And yes, we've been able to run the rule over him because it, 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 it says to me that if Liverpool are finalising a deal for Canate and it is one or the other, then it says to me they've seen all they need to see from Kabach. And the reason was they've got him in because they just couldn't, he was all that was available. So they've basically created this mad scenario where they've got this lad in on loan, told him he's the, he's the bollocks, and, 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 you know, and, and made it work. But there's a chance that. Going back to like Klopp's quotes about not being able to get really good players in January, that we've just gone Ben Davies and Kabak are just all we could get done, but they've never been long term, real long term plans for Liverpool. And we want to collect a card in January. That's been pretty yeah. widely written about now from the beginning. And Marseille couldn't find a replacement throughout January, so it got binned. And you're right, so Kabak could win. I mean, the way I look at it is this. You know, Ben Davies, if he's got a yard of pace, he's got half a football brain. For two million quid, I can see him staying next season as the fifth-choice defender if he's looking like he might offer a bit more or a different pathway than, than Phillips. I look at I look at Kabak and I think, is Kabak ever going to play in a world where Kanate, Van Dijk, um, Matip and Gomez are about? No. For 18 million quid, a Liverpool football club, really going to spend that money on a fifth-choice player, maybe even fourth? I don't think we are. So I can actually see a world more where we keep... Phillips or Davies as fifth choice because 
mm-hmm. of the value you're getting in your investments in the player, but also the likes of Nat Phillips. What I like about Nat Phillips is I can pick out for you five games in a season where he's justified to start next to Van Dyke, barely away. You know, other games, it's just depending on who comes up, but games where you really need to stick your head on an anything to win the ball, where we have been bullied in the past, Crystal Palace that time. So I see more value in Phillips playing certain games in the season, if that's the way we want to go. Whereas a look at Kabak, I just don't see where he's going to get his game time over the next two seasons if we sign Kanate. That see, that's the interesting point because I think Kabak's fine, and I, and, I, and I'm not gonna. We have we've had this in our in our Redmen WhatsApp group, but I, I don't. I go to bat for Kabach. I'm 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 fine. I'm, I'm I think he's fine. I think I've been quite I've been quietly impressed with him. But I don't I don't I also you get you get provoked into a reaction where I'm sort of defending him like he's the next great centre half on the planet. The issue is at 21 years old, is he going to have the game time? to be able to actually develop into the player that Liverpool need him to be. Now, of course, the same issue is exactly true of Kanate because it goes down, is he, is he better than Gomez and is he better than Matip? The thing that Liverpool have to consider, Chris, and I think Liverpool need to do this summer what, what um, Man City did last summer, is have one more than you shouldn't than you need. And it's not very Liverpool and it's not very Jurgen Klopp, but we struggled this season and Matip had, you know, had, has, has always been Matip. I don't think I don't think you can factor in losing three people to season-ending injuries, regardless of what happens. But you're getting three lads who've just come back from season-ending injuries. Virgil Van Dijk cannot play every game next season, no matter how strongly he comes back. If only because it's just be a bit stupid to gamble with him. So I think there's more game time available in a in a more natural rotation. And Kabak's already in. He's already he's already integrated after half a season. Fifteen million. You're never going to lose money on him. A year on, if you have to move him on, but you've you've done your due diligence. You, yeah, I think, you've I think you're absolutely right. I think Liverpool probably need to go into this season with six centre halves, and and why wouldn't yeah? Because you still don't know with Matip. You know he's going to get injuries. Question marks are going to be asked of Joe Gomez. No one's buying different. Matip, by no, the way. Exactly. I see people saying yeah. this, so you're going to keep Matip regardless. Just to just exactly. To so Joe Gomez has had his own injury, completely different, big, unfortunate ones. But at some point, you're going to start questioning whether this is just what happens to this guy. Players players do occasionally grow up through their football career like that, um, and you know you don't know what's happening with Virgil Van Dijk. So yeah, Kabak, Nat Phillips, maybe Ben Davies, maybe this lad coming in, something like that. That might work. So. Again, for me, it's about hedging your bets at this point. And I think that's what Liverpool have got to do. Yeah. I like the look of this lad. I liked him when he uh, they played against was it Manchester United recently. And he makes that incredible recovery tackle on, on Rashford when he's completely beat. I think the right-back gives the ball away. Rashford's inside of him in the penalty area. And he comes storming across and manages to slow Rashford down. You know, he's lining one up there. And I'm like, oh, that's tasty. Like yeah. That was really good defending. He showed a little bit of recovery pace, more so than what Kabak's got. Yeah. Um, plus, he's fucking huge. Yeah. And he li- he's a bit Matip-like in that he likes to dribble out from the back like a ridiculous amount. Well, this is the thing. I think Joe Gomez, the hope is Joe Gomez has got a long-term future. And I think, you know, people see him as the as the, the foil for Van Dyke, but we've also seen him being groomed as the understudy to Van Dyke as well because he's got that composure and he's so comfortable on the ball. But the problem is, and, they, and this is Kabak's issue as well, is that neither of them are giants and they do leave you a little bit... Sh- short literally and, fig- and figuratively so you know having someone like you know bringing in Kanate having a six, another 6 foot 4 lad offers you security defensively offers you options moving forward as well and it gives you a bit of a, a suite of options because so for me Kanate is the upgrade on Matip and then, but he's also given a bit of competition for for, for, for Gomez and stuff. I just I like the I just think we need options and I wonder whether you look at it and go is Ben Davies good enough to be a covering option? And is that is the same true of Nat Phillips? And then and but and then also you go well, hang on, do we have the money? Because we've got the money, just get Kabak sorted and by Canate, you know. And I'm sorry that we love Nat Phillips. I think he's great, but there's a time when your nostalgia and your and your personal opinion on stuff gets put aside if you're just buying someone who's just better. You're buying someone who's just an actual upgrade on what you do. You're not. We shouldn't be buying. Backups. We should be buying lads who are We've got the first potential choice. to get yeah. into that first team, and I think yeah. that's what Liverpool are seeing right and, now. And Kabak is uh, at the moment. We don't know. We don't. We don't. Don't, don't know quite uh, yet. And look, we can't know until we get the good lads thing, back. Though, like you look at centre backs around the league. Connor Cody's a perfect example. Did anyone really think he'd be playing centre back for a top eight club when he left Liverpool? You don't know at that age. Yeah. So at twenty one, when you're a centre half, you can create, can go loads of different ways, yeah. and that's the thing. The Liverpool wanna 
sort of groomer centre half who's going to be fully integrated into this side that maybe in three, four years' time, if you're patient, he takes a first-team spot. Are they willing to gamble 18 million on that right now? Or do you think they'd maybe like to gamble 50, 60 million in a couple of years' time? With the two of them both being 21, it looks like Liverpool are doing a bit of long-term planning here. And they're hoping that our lads can come in next season. And maybe the year after one of them breaks through, mm-hmm. or the year after that, if we're lucky with injuries. So I think it's it looks like smart business by Liverpool right now. But that's obviously dependent on whether they break into the. They could we could buy them and they might never play a game of footy and we sell them. Yeah, yeah. We just need to be careful next season. That's the big thing on this is that you know, and you and you want players who've got resale value. You're better off spending money. And it's almost a, you're investing a bit because you know rather than the Nat Phillips thing, it's great. You might have missed the window of opportunity, as you're saying, to pick up a, a, a really good, promising player for the Nat Phillips thing. When Nat Phillips' value is arguably never going to be higher than it is right now, you might get 10 million for him in the summer. You might get 10 million for Ben Davies, and you've and you've replaced. <laughs> no him. way, no, surely no. he signed him for two. Don't ever play the minute and sell him for ten. No, but it's mad, isn't it? But that's that's the thing, <laughs> isn't it? You know, the, that's that's where he's. Are. Yeah, well, no, but, but God amongst men. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, you know, there's some, there's some. But I like I like the fact that there's a bit of a fog of war thing going on that Liverpool have generated here. They've put up this sort of like smoke screen around what we're doing, so we're not quite certain with with, with it. But you know, it's mad. Ben Davies might just be caught, might be telling the truth. He might be like, I'm taking a bit more time with him to get abuse and he might play the back end of the season all of a sudden we're raving about it I don't think so but then again I'm, you know we can we can do what we want on that it depends on your attitude um, right next five games to find our season um, Sam Walker uh, Arsenal away at the weekend on the Saturday it's been moved back to the, the Saturday 8 o'clock kickoff. Uh, we've got Real Madrid Villa at home Real Madrid leads away um, and I think if Liverpool somehow come away with nine points which is you know possible but also on this season who the hell knows uh, and if we managed you know and with the Champions League game in there it's, it's, it's just season defining it is what it is are we, are we on for top four are we on for a semi-finals we'll, we'll know in a few weeks time I think this is definitely a case of the old cliche take it a game at a time and what I mean by that is because of the league stability or lack of in terms of performances from other teams including ourselves as well we could win against Arsenal and find ourselves right up Chelsea's arse. You know, they're playing West Brom. God knows what can happen with them. You just don't know. You know, all the other teams, every game now, every team around us, including up to Man United, you just don't know what they're going to do. City are probably the only team in Sheffield United where you can say, you know, they're going to win, they're going to get beat. Everyone else is in a real state of flux all the time. So, for me, if we beat Arsenal it puts us in a fantastic position to push on the league. One or two wins can change our whole um, position. And the same goes in the Champions League. So those first two games, the only game to look at, if we get a positive result against Real Madrid, it's on. If we if we, if we we suddenly go and get beat 3-0 at the Bernabeu, that's it, it's over, or wherever it is, their training ground, it's over. So I think, I know we're talking about the next five games, but personally for me, Arsenal is massive. Yep. If you beat Arsenal... We go into Real Madrid with maybe a second chance on the horizon, but knowing that top four is right there for us. I believe it will be. I believe we beat Arsenal. We go into the Villa game almost like we did in the Chelsea game, where it's like, look, we're within a game of it again now. So I think it's got to be a lot more short-term, I think, and as fans and, and maybe even as the team as well. It's We were doing this on the, the show last week, Steve, and it's one of those, is that Liverpool just need to prove to us that they're capable you know, we've seen the Champions League stuff, and I think we all know. You know, Champions League it can happen. It can certainly happen because it's mad and it's European football and all the pedigree and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of the league form, they just need to. You know, we've won. We won the Wolves game. If you beat Arsenal, you've all of a sudden won two back-to-back league games. Woo-hoo. Yeah, get a, get another one then, and you're on a you're on a run. You you know you've you've got a little bit of momentum. You've got a little bit of something. And as Sam's alluding to there, everyone lo- is losing games all the time or dropping points or whatever. Um, but that's where that it's 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 a it's a hope more than expectation at this point. But that's what Liverpool have got to do. They've got to make it an expectancy, uh, or try their best to do that. Yeah. It's almost it's a bit 2005. You really a better team. We've got you've got a top four race here that you're the outsiders for, and you've got your Champions League run, and then it becomes a case of you try and keep as many both of them going as long as you can, and at some point you might have to prioritise. So if we if we can get through the Real Madrid game, then the top four race almost although it's important, it becomes a second fiddle to you know Champions League semi final. That's the focus. So I, I'm with Sam. Like forget the next five games, it's the next two games really. If you lose to Arsenal. Top four might be pretty much done, especially if, if the other teams are out. You know, if 
because it looks like obviously City are going to be nailed on. Leicester had their pretty much nailed on. You're fighting for two spaces, and even as bad inconsistent as Man United have been, they're probably just about done enough already to be in the big head start. So you're narrowing your options. You have to be dark if you want top four. And then obviously the, the, the Champions League then becomes it, it's its own thing anyway. My worry with the Champions League is that we don't have the Anfield factor, uh, and that's a worry when when you are a lesser team and we're. It's mad to say that what Liverpool considering what we've just done, but this season we're not we're, we're not very good. We're a, we're a middle of the road team, but unfortunately, hopefully that can change as lads start getting fitter and, and such and things like that. So we haven't got that. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to be balls out in that in that Champions League to get anything. I think we can I think we can do that against Real Madrid. I think we've got the firepower to beat them. It's yeah. when you when you start looking at what's further down the line, it, it, it's a bit you know clench your teeth. But listen, mate, the, the, the draws worked out well for us in that. If you get past Real Madrid and you've got Chelsea or Porto, you'd even you'd back this Liverpool team as they are now to be able to do something against those two. The final takes care of itself because it's probably going to be a City, a Bayern, a PSG. It's a, it's, but it's a, it's a one-off game in Istanbul. Who knows? Like kind of thing. We've been there before. But I wouldn't be shocked if if Klopp's thinking is is primarily Champions League. I think we saw that actually with the team he picked. Um, before we played the second leg of Leipzig, when you know when we rested a lot of players against Fulham, that was yeah, that was a bit of a surprise to me. It was almost like, geez, that he really is going. Oh, and Rafa did this as well at that a similar stage. Remember the um, the Arsenal quarter final, and we played the Arsenal the game before, and we had like Plessy and Robbie Keane. And I was like, what's going on here? He's just he's jibbed it. He's not bothered. And maybe oh, Klopp's going to Maybe maybe Klopp's from that game. The, right. Yeah, I mean the thing that Steve points out there. Chris is right. The pop, the Premier League is a grind now. It is a you know inch by inch kind of situation. And when you're chasing, that is a very demoralising position to be in because you can go and give your all, and you go and you get that like heroic. We've we've got one over the line, and everyone else wins, and you've gained nothing, and you've you've exerted a lot of energy when you've got other big games to, on on the horizon. That's where teams fall into the trap when you're chasing top four, which is which is a position in the league, but you're chasing a piece of silver. That's how focus is lost. So I agree on that. The the Arsenal one, particularly because I expect Chelsea to pick up three points at the weekend. You need to do it just to just to do it. The battle is not the battle of the Premier League is going to be. If we're going to get top four, I think it's going to be a last game of the season, two games maybe go to the season. You've got to do that. But you've got to get you've got to put the foundation. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. The only thing is, and I think it's what the lads were sort of saying there, is that because everyone is losing points, it's not so demoralising because I think there's a belief probably that all right, we didn't do, but they're going to drop points and we might be able to still get back into this. That's the only thing. In a normal season, I think we might we might already be too far behind to be honest. Mm. Um, We might already be too much of a struggle for us. But for me, this Arsenal game, I mean, the fact that there's three days between. The Arsenal game and the Madrid game makes me think a little bit like stairs. I wonder what the focus is going to be here because, yeah, I've had a big break for the last two weeks and, yeah, you've had a, a break from the footy from the last two weeks. These lads have been playing three games. I mean, it's not been a break at all and, and how, how long are they getting back? When are they getting back in? When are you getting your trainings on? When are you then thinking about Real Madrid? So I'd imagine as soon as you get the lads back in, you're probably already practising a little bit for Arsenal, a little bit for Real Madrid already. You've already taken the focus off the Premier League game by just doing that, mm. by speaking about it, because you ain't going to have... You need two days recovery, so Sunday, Monday, day of the game. Yeah. When are you talking about Real Madrid? Yeah. So I think the focus, it's going to be a very hard game to win is what I'm trying to say against Arsenal because I think the focus is already going to be split because of how big the Real Madrid game is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating sort of situation and look, you know, at least we've got something to be excited about which makes a nice change from just the drab dross of, of everything and I hope Liverpool kind of cash in on the, the spirit of positivity that's rising with the sun shining and shops being back open and we're on the path to beer gardens and all that kind of stuff that would be uh, would be lovely indeed uh, we had a super chat from Trink Josh everyone's asked about the gym and I'm just asked about the pubs Paul yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's like I need to get the gym I'm like get the fucking pubs yeah. open now yeah um, Trink Josh uh, I've even downloaded in. the Never Spoons app in preparation the yeah, and it puts a tag on all the pubs that are in a weather spoon so you don't go there by accident and, and puts green tags on all the independent pubs near you. Yeah? Brilliant. It's like little amber tags for ones that are like 
That's 25 sure. pubs or more, something like that. So you stay clear of them. Get to the independence, <laughs> never spoons. Wow. Got how it downloaded. I'm, I'm ready, mate. I'm prepped. I'm going. How are you going to... Does it also tell you which has got beer gardens? Because that's going to be a big thing as well. Yeah, but I will yeah. be on to the I'm owners gonna of the to a, You're going to end up in the five ways. It's fair, I'm honest. not. It's just weather spoons. Exactly, but it's got to be a garden. I'm not going um, there, the, um, uh, Trick Josh is in support of my favourite YouTube channel, the 20 Pound Super Chat. Thank you, Josh. Do you guys believe in aliens? No. Anyone? Yes. Sam? Um, no. Um, yeah. Um, boff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Surely, 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 we can't be alone in, a, in an infinite cosmos. We can't be the only creatures. There's fucking dogs and no. cats and everything on one planet. Oh, yeah, but who cares? Area 51. What, what difference would it make if some fucking things lived on another planet? It's just like having a dog. Isn't it? It's just the other things that aren't human. <laughs> Sound, in it? Everyone makes got, a big deal out of aliens. It's like, so what? That's got that's that's so a what, like... British colonial vibe to a day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, these bloody aliens. Look at them. Um, right, Sound. Uh, we're going to wrap that up there. Thank you Is so much. Carl Pilkinson, that, I think. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, thank you so much, um, guys, for joining us for the podcast. Uh, do go and check out um, the Jamie Carragher interview. It's streaming now on the RedmenTV.com. We've also got an amazing competition running for people who sign up at club legend level over on there. Uh, we can win, yeah, sign Luis Suarez Prince. We've got amazing monthly prizes for those guys and loads of extra bonus features as well as all the great content. So do go and check it out. More details will follow in a moment. But thank you to Sam, thank you to Steve, thank you to Chris, and thank you to you guys. Go and enjoy the sunshine. See you soon. Ta-da. Hey everyone, do you want to be in with a chance of winning an exclusive limited edition signed Luis Suarez print? Well, you can be. Either upgrade your membership or join up at a club legend level on theredmentv.com. Right now, you get access to a whole suite of incredible content, documentaries, features, exclusive interviews with Liverpool legends, past and present. It is a fully functioning Liverpool streaming service for your eyes and ears. There is one week left on the Luis Suarez print competition, so get involved right now. But don't worry, if you miss out on that next month's competition draw, you will automatically be entered into that as well to win an incredible Liverpool pin badge collection. We've got exclusive prizes for you guys every single month as club legends on the RedmenTV.com, as well as all those amazing pieces of content each and every month. So get signed up now and win amazing prizes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.